We begin this Monday with two of the people behind the creation of the first production in 2022 from Theater Squared, Katori Hall's The Mountaintop. The play centers on Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in his Lorraine Motel room, April 3rd, 1968. The play leads us through an imagined conversation and visit. The production opens at T2 with in-person performances Wednesday night. Friday morning, we spoke with two actors in The Mountaintop, Clinton Lowe and Anicia J. Hicks, as well as the director of the show, Vicki Washington. We'll hear much of the conversation on tomorrow's Ozarks at Large, but we did want to share a portion of the conversation with you today. Clinton Lowe says the work to prepare for his role as Dr. King in The Mountaintop has been illuminating. The preparation has been enlightening. It's been fantastic. Diving into this man's life has been uh, a spiral of joy, surprise, and unexpected twists and turns, as well as spiritually fulfilling. You know, this is, Dr. King is one of the most um, well-known American figures of the last 60 or 70 years. You mentioned that it's been surprising for you in some unexpected twists and turns. In what way in, in your preparation? Um, well, diving into the early stages of his life, such as childhood, et cetera, his education background, educational background, um, to find, to discover the trials and tribulations he went through. Um, and some of this, some of this is assumption on my part. So I, I take ownership of everything that I say and what I extrapolate. But when I look at his background in terms of uh, discipline within his family, it seems as if corporal punishment was uh, a means, one of the things that was used, as, as was common in that day with, with all kinds of families in America. Um, to see that he loved his grandmother so much that one time when he thought she had died, passed away as a youth, he jumped out of a window, I believe a two-story window. Some would consider that a suicide attempt. Um, then when she did die, he did it again. Um, so some consider that a second suicide attempt. And that's all before, um, I think that was uh, either during his teenage years or preteen years, right? So this is somebody who um, is a very passionate human being, a very uh, extreme personality. And in my discovery, violence was a part of his upbringing. And he seems to have had a very uh, adverse reaction to violence. Um, so kind of rooting that within his philosophy. I also was a philosophy major in college myself. So, um, I, I see the, the sprinkles of Hegel in his thought, right? I see obviously Gandhi, but I see the sprinkles of Du Bois and I see the sprinkles of, um, Kant and Plato. And I see, you know, different figures, philosophical giants as well that he's drawing from and, I can so I'm just trying to connect thought to actual real life, real world experience, and that's how I was building him. On top of the fact that, from my understanding, the first woman he fell in love with was a white woman, mm. and his family and community did not allow him to pursue that relationship. A relationship, I believe, he was he was willing to pursue into marriage, which we don't talk a lot about. Even now, I feel I'm like, ooh, should I reveal that? But it's just it's just a fact, right? That's just the truth. So how does that factor into? Um, we're all the same. We're all equal. Segregation is evil. Like, how does that factor into these thoughts besides just 
some like some philosophical musing that's like out there in the world somewhere rather than being inside his actual heart his real world experience like where are these ideas coming from where is this passion coming from where is this courage coming from you know this is a human being not just some kind of a computer program spitting out you know you know manifesting biblical verses right this is a a person who's who's really thinking and experiencing these things so I could go on and on, as you see. So the research has been great. Clinton Lowe portrays Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in Theater Squared's production of The Mountaintop, opening Wednesday. He spoke with us Friday morning by Zoom. Also part of that Friday conversation was Vicki Washington, the director of the T2 production. She says cast and crew have kept very much in mind that the play takes place in April 1968, but also has distinct resonance for 2022. Uh, one of the things uh, that we have been very intentional about is uh, something that is, you know, uh, very important to any process of building great theater, and that's the research. Especially when you're doing a, a piece that has a basis in uh, historical fact. You mentioned that it is a, uh, that 68, it is 1968, and we, we know uh, of this story or a part of, significant part of this story. That is true, and at the same time, what is true is that there's a lot of uh, the historical events of this time that we don't know. America is very good at telling uh, a liking to deal with a single story, to uh, quote the Nigerian writer whose name I can never think of, Jamanda, I can't think of her name, but the danger of a single story, and there's a danger in that. And, and in many ways, Katori Hall's script amplifies and uh, uh, deals with, the, with, with how America tries to create a, a narrow story and or a single story. And uh, they've done that with Dr. King, uh, lionized him, deified him, and stuck him in amber in 1963 at, at, a, at uh, Lincoln's feet saying, I have a dream and that's all he said. That important girls, he didn't say anything else. So uh, here we are in 2022, I can't believe it's 2022, but we're in 2022, and uh, all those things that King talked about before he got to the March of Watch on Washington, after the March on Washington, even at the March on Washington that we don't talk about, all the stuff he talked about before he went into his hoop, if you will, um, are the realities that we find ourselves dealing with sociologically uh, in our socioeconomic world, in the lack of social justice politics, um, and the continuing to tell these, spin these yarns and these myths that are not that are not full history, that are not the full story. To your question of how uh, we have talked about and thought about the contemporariness of the piece, yes. Just last night, I think, um, uh, Kanye, Clinton <laughs> mentioned Kanye West and I kind of, uh, what did I do? I, I probably snarled. No, he definitely snarled, yes. I yes. probably snarled. <laughs> and uh, then he said, but you know, and I think in the, and Anissa also said, when you look at rappers and hip hop, uh, many of the hip hop celebrities and the bit of the story that we know about them, we have a tendency to um, say, eh, you know, but there's, they're full people too. They're, they're not two, they are fully people. And there's a, a meme that was going around with a picture of Malcolm X when he was a young man and, in, and had just been in prison and said, if he had, if we had tossed him off when he was Detroit Red and that's all he was, 
then we wouldn't have the brilliance and beauty and the lessons that he brings to us. Conversely, maybe, but and also at the same time, when we uh, uh, narrow ourselves and our understanding and our knowledge of Dr. King as just the man, just this icon, this saintly figure, and don't look at him as the full human being that he was, is, was, then we run the danger and have run the danger and have, and have in fact, removed removed his full humanity from our understanding of him and from us being able to access the fact that he was a fully human being and even as this fully human being and all his flaws and foibles, he was able to take on the mantle and did the things he do. And that keeps us from understanding that with our fables, foibles and flaws, there are things that we can accept to do and to do. Vicki Washington is directing Theater Squared's production of Katori Hall's The Mountaintop, opening Wednesday in Fayetteville. Our conversation took place Friday morning via Zoom. Also part of that conversation, the two actors that will be on stage in The Mountaintop, Anisha J. Hicks and Clinton Lowe. We'll hear much more from all three of our guests about the play on tomorrow's Ozarks at Large at noon and 7 p.m. on KUAF. And you can listen on your schedule when you download or subscribe to the Ozarks at Large podcast through any major podcast distributor.